He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward Mills. Well, we keep standing and we want to use this time to welcome every lady that is here. If there's a lady sitting, standing next to you, wish them happy Mother's Day. But if you're a man, just give them 50 pounds, just 50 pounds. The person is a man, just take 50 pounds from them. Well, we're delighted for the second day of the Women's Convention. Um, we thank God for yesterday. You had a good time. Today we have with us one of the great women uh, in our continent and all over the world. Amen? We're delighted to have her. One of the virtuous women you can ever uh, meet. Known her for a long time of my great friends she's a man of wisdom I think we all had the introduction blessed to have her here today and tomorrow amen but she just flew all the way from Singapore um, to join us she came with um, a couple of ministers uh, if you're here just wave your hand the ministers that are here God bless you they came all the way from Singapore just to be with us here. Let's put our hands together and welcome Episcopal Lady Aglet Mills. Come on, you can make better noise than that. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Bishop Sapum. Before I say anything, shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this time. Your word says that unto you shall the gathering of the people be. This evening we are gathered unto no person, no man, but unto you. Your word says if Jesus is lifted up, he will draw men. This evening we lift up Jesus and we lift up your word. Let there be a drawing of your people unto you. Lord, touch our hearts. Let this word fall on good soil. I pray for grace to speak us of the oracles of God. I pray for the anointing by which yokes on every life will be broken. Lord, let your will be done. Let the entrance of your word bring light and bring understanding to the simple. Holy Spirit, take over. Use this vessel of clay 
let your presence be tangible here and let the word of God have free course and be glorified thank you that there shall be no opposition to your word but that your word shall have free course thank you for the privilege of being a vessel that you will use this evening in Jesus name amen amen please take your seats praise the Lord it's a privilege and an honor to be here every time I know that God has many vessels all over the world that he could choose to use so when God chooses to use you it's a privilege amen so I'm happy to be here in Calvary Charismatic Baptist Church, isn't it? Yes. And uh, I was here when you were opening this building. And I'm here again, and I'm happy to see your bishop and his godly wife, Lady Elizabeth. And I thank them for the privilege of being here this evening. Amen. As your bishop said, our relationship goes a long way and uh, he's very also very good friends with my husband and I get the privilege of seeing him often because he's a very vibrant member of the Healing Jesus Crusade and uh, so I have the privilege of meeting him at least quite a number of times because of that position that he holds I want to honor him and also to bless him for the work God is using him to do. You know, church members, you are not easy to look after. And even though God says that we are sheep, my husband says that some of us, we are snakes. So it's difficult. Have you seen a shepherd leading a snake before? Never. Snakes don't follow, but sheep follow. But God gives his servants grace so that they will stay on the journey. Bishop Sapon, I honor you. And thank you so much for being the father of this house and for being faithful all these years. And also I want to salute your first lady for a role like this. I also came along. Did I come along with you all? You followed me here? Okay. So I want those of you who are here and came with me to please stand up so that I recognize your presence. God bless you. These are my lady pastors from Switzerland and then if I'm my assistant. So God bless you. You may take your seats. Amen. I know that it's a Mothering Sunday in the UK. And I also want to honor all mothers. I want to say that there are different types of mothers. Sometimes you are a spiritual mother because you give birth to so many things in the realm of the spirit. The Bible says that Eve was the mother of the living. And then Rebecca was the mother of two nations because the Bible says two nations are in your womb. So it's not only biological mothers on mothering sunday or mothering weekend amen it is also mothers like maybe naomi who stood as a mother to ruth 
and birthed something great of which Jesus became the genealogy. Now, when you are a mother, like the drama was showing, you wear many hats, and like the lady said at the end of the drama, um, you are a domestic bezer because you have to calculate the things for the food things to work. You are a nutritionist because you have to provide balanced meals in the home. You are a seamstress because before you find out, some people say their hem has come down and you have to do something about it. You are a nurse because you learn to hold people by the forehead and say, hmm, you have a fever. Let me look under your eyes. It's pale. You are anemic. So you are a nurse and you are a doctor. Then you also become an educationist because your children come home with homework. Sometimes you don't even know the answer, but you are trying. I remember my daughter coming home with, uh, in Ghana, there's a dialect called tree. So a tree uh, uh, question. And she said I should help her. And me, I've never studied tree. But I felt that when I looked, I could tell what it was. So the next day, she came home very furious. I said, what happened? So I got zero. I got zero. You, mommy, when you have to teach things, then you lead your children to get zero. But I was just trying to be an educationist. Amen, mothers. And you are talking to them about their school wars, their relationship wars. So you become a therapist. Things that you are not certified for. You are wearing all these hats. Amen. And then you become an event planner because you are planning for birthdays. Even when it's Father's Day, you are the one organizing the children. Write to daddy. Have you sent a card? And sometimes Mother's Day, there's no organization for you because you are the main organizer. Amen. So being a mother is a calling and a grace that God gives you. You become a fashion designer. Because when your children are going out, you have to say, this is inappropriate dressing for this occasion. And sometimes they'll even fight with you. Eh, you are from another generation and you are whatever. And sometimes it's not even the caliber of dressing, but you say, oh, this color doesn't go with this. Or this clashes with this. Before you know, you are an uncertified fashion designer. Amen. You are wearing so many hats. You are a cook. Apart from being a nutritionist, you are a cook. Whether it's good or bad, they have to eat it. <laughs> and then you are a chauffeur. Sometimes driving your children to this class, a piano class, well, I remember all that, you know. And then you are a launderette, looking after people's worship, putting it in, sorting it out. I mean, one person, so many callings. But that is why you are unique as a mother. And then you are also their pastor. You are a pastor to the children. You are showing them, do your quiet time. This is how to do your quiet time. Have you done your quiet time? Even basic things like brushing the teeth, you have to be on them. And then when they grow, they have beloveds. So you have become a relationship expert. Amen? So as you can see, a mother wears so many hats. And the children of today, 
We even do your exams with you. That's what I don't understand. Because when we were in school, we just knew that we have to learn. But the children of today, their stresses are our stresses. We will be calling. I remember my husband sitting up with some of my sons to say, Kontomre will come in this exam you are going to write. And then the child doesn't really think so. And then when he goes, Kontomre is there. You know, checking on their work. So, I mean, God gives grace for everything he calls you for. So mothers, we celebrate you in this Mothering Day season. Amen. And I pray that God's blessing, that your children rise up and call you blessed, will happen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And having said that, I particularly and especially salute the mother of the house. Amen. What the drama was depicting was very real to me because the lady was a pastor's wife. Small time that she would get to watch movie with her husband, that is when an emergency has also come up. So how do you handle all these things? It takes the wisdom of God and it also takes the grace of God. And I believe that tonight God will lead us and show us the way. Amen, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. This evening, my duty is to speak about pursuing the work of the great provider. So the title of my sermon will be, It's a Great Thing to Serve the Lord. It's a Great Thing to Serve the Lord. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a great thing to serve the Lord. Did you know that? Many times in serving God, we look at all the things we have to do as women. And because of that, sometimes we don't serve God at all. Or sometimes we think that we are waiting for a perfect time. Some people will say, oh, when the children grow, then I can serve God. When I don't have to work so much and I'm on pension, then I can serve God. When my marriage is working and this man is not stressing me, then I'll have the peace of mind to serve God. But beloved, there will never be a perfect time to serve God. You will always have to serve God in the midst of so many things because number one you don't know when god will call you home and when you stand in front of him what will you say number two there will never be a perfect time because life happens and life is going on whether you like it or not amen the bible says that there's a group of people when the word is preached they receive it with gladness. And then for some time, they may even start to bear fruit. But the cares of this world, the desire for riches, and the lust for other things choke the word and make it unfruitful. Now, the cares of this world are not necessarily sinful. They are legitimate things like our duties, 
our responsibilities, the bills, they are all legitimate things. But they should not be allowed to choke the word. Amen, ladies. And so, we are not just made women to just look beautiful. But there's a purpose for which God has brought us on this planet. For which God has put us in this church. And that purpose, unless we fulfill it, we will never be fulfilled. Amen. Now, this evening, I'll be talking about it's a great thing to serve the Lord. Now, if you are going to serve God, then it means that you are a servant. Now, some of us think that to serve the Lord, we have to be pastors. Or we have to be missionaries to be a servant of God. Yet, we all know that priests, prophets, evangelists, and pastors are servants of the Lord. They are privileged to be called the servants of the Most High God. And it is, of course, a blessing. However, the good news is that other people who are not ministers of the gospel can also be servants of God. Indeed, the Bible is full of stories of people who were not pastors. Did you know that? But they were just servants of God. God called them his servants, and that is what they were. Some of these people were kings, politicians, mothers, businessmen, millionaires, farmers, and even non-Jews. All of them God described as servants. Now, who is a servant? A servant in the Bible, in the female version, I mean, a servant is a servant, but also the word handmaiden denotes a servant. Amen? And the word handmaiden is used in the Bible so many times that every time they said, I'm the handmaid of the Lord, <clears throat> you are also saying, I am the servant of the Lord. In First Samuel 1 verse 11, Hannah said, look on the affliction of thine handmaid. That word handmaid means servant. And when Eli said, oh, Hannah, you are drunk, she said, count not thy handmaid as a daughter of Belial. So anytime Hannah said thy handmaid to Eli, she was also implying that she is the handmaid of the Lord and therefore a servant of God. Amen. And when she was leaving the temple, she said to Eli in 1 Samuel 1 verse 18, let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. Ruth referred to herself many times as a handmaid. In Ruth 2 verse 13, she said when speaking to Boaz that I am your handmaid. And when she went even to the threshing floor and Boaz said, who are you? In Ruth 3 verse 9, she said, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Abigail, when she went to speak to David in 1 Samuel 25, said, please listen to your handmaid, which meant that they were servants of the Most High God. Amen. And the greatest of all was Mary, when the angel came and gave her the message. She said, 
Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So handmaid does not matter whether you are married or unmarried. Whether you are single or you are not single. Whether you have children or you are not, you don't have children. Whether you are old, an older woman, a younger woman, a middle-aged woman, everybody can be a servant of God. And God does not discriminate. Amen, ladies. Who is a servant? A servant is somebody who carries out the wishes of another and who serves the interests of another. So from now on, we must consider ourselves as potential servants of God. A student can be a servant. A businessman can be a servant. Okay? God referred to people like David as his servant. Moses as his servant. So we have uh, uh, heads of state like Ben-Gurion, uh, Yitzhak Rabin, the, the heads of state of Israel. They all say that they are servants of the Most High God. But David was a head of state, so he was also God's servant. When God was talking about Job, he said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? So a servant is somebody who serves. A servant is somebody who doesn't pursue his own interests, but the interests of the person whom he is serving. A servant often sacrifices his or her interests so that she can serve the one to whom she has been called. Amen. Now, in the body of Christ these days, it looks like becoming a servant is not popular. And we feel that we should be something more important than a servant. That is why this generation, you know, I was talking to some young people, and they said that, ah, but why must we be given the task as young ladies that we should care for the home? What's a man doing? And we also go to work. And we all come home. So why is it that it's like that duty is being given to a woman? And I explained to them, I said, it is called role differentiation. And that wherever you go to in any organization, in any entity, there's division of labor. There's somebody who works at the machine. There's another person who works at HR. There's another person who may do admin. There's another person who may do finance. But it doesn't mean that because the duties are varied, the one who does HR is inferior. It does not mean that. So why is it that when it comes into the context of the home, and then it is said that the woman must guide the house, according to Titus chapter 2, verse 3. They said the, young, the older woman should teach the younger woman to guide the house. It doesn't mean your husband cannot help you or should not help you when he can, especially in this country where you have no help. But you should not have an attitude that when I have to guide the house, it means it's making me inferior. It means it's putting me down. And it means I'm being disrespected. As soon as you step into that, you have stepped into the realm and thinking of the world. 
And the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. So I told these young ladies, I said, there are certain things in the house that my husband does that I don't do. When there's a problem with certain things, electricity, uh, the grass is overgrown, some machine somewhere is not working, the generator is not working, I can just go to sleep because it's raw differentiation. But when I put him in the kitchen now, it will be a disaster. Sometimes he attempts, but when he attempts, he leaves a lot of dishes. Hey, one small thing that you are doing, and it's just breakfast too. Use this pan, this pot, this... Ah. And then at the end of the day, the washing is also left. So sometimes, it's better for me not to even have that help than to have it. But he's the best omelette maker I know in this world. Amen! But the fact that I'm serving should not fill me with resentment. The fact that I'm serving in the church should not fill me with... I should rather see it as a privilege. Because the Bible says in the house of God, there are many vessels. Many. So if God chooses me as one of his vessels, I have to say, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen, somebody. Now we are talking about pursuing the work of the great provider. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, will you put it on the screen for us? Or? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, isn't it? And his righteousness. And what will happen? Everything else shall be added. We know it as a nursery rhyme. But when it comes to doing, I am not sure. Hmm. Let me read from King James for this one. And you should know this verse by heart. Amen? Amen. If you read from verse 32, it says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for. Do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow or for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Amen. So what God is saying is, after all these things, the things that we think we need, a good husband, a car, property, good health, long life, whatever the Gentiles seek after, jewelry, whatever. The Bible says, for after all these things, do the people who don't know God, they seek these things. But as for you, God is making a difference between you and the world. But as for you, seek first 
first the kingdom the kingdom of god the things of god the things related to god your relationship with god your relationship with god's kingdom your relationship with god's people your relationship with the church seek these things first and his righteousness and then the other things god will just add to you but whether we believe it so i came to tell you that it is a great thing not a burden to serve the lord let's go to the book of ruth do you know where ruth is oh you know that is the name of your friend please it's in the bible <laughs> amen it's right after judges the book of ruth it's a great thing to serve the lord amen and we all should desire to be handmaids and servants where we seek the things that God says that we should seek. Amen. Amen. Ruth chapter 1 verse 15. I don't know. I, I just want to believe that you know about the book of Ruth. Now... Naomi had gone to a land of the Moabites with her husband and her two sons. In the course of time, the two sons also married. In the course of time, she lost her husband. And after that, she lost her two sons. I tell you, beloved, it's no mean experience to lose a son. And when she lost the two sons... She heard that God had visited his people in Bethlehem, Judah, so she decided to go. Now her two daughters-in-law had really been good to her and had had a, a good relationship with her and had really looked after her properly. I know that because she blessed them when she was going. And in verse 8, Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So here was a mother-in-law who was saying, Look, you have been good daughters to me. So it's not all mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law who have issues. You can be good to your mother-in-law that she can say that you have been good to me and to the dead. Amen, somebody. So that was Naomi's testimony about both Ruth and Opa. So both Ruth and Opa were okay. They were not bad people because Naomi could testify that they had been good to her. Amen. Amen. And then the Lord grants, and she said, return each to your mother's house. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Beloved, both Ruth and Opa had been married to Naomi's sons. Both Ruth and Opa had taken good care of Naomi. And both Ruth and Opa had followed her on the journey. And they were all weeping and kissing each other. That is how it is when we walk with God. You may show some emotional attachment. Sometimes in church, you may even cry. 
You may kiss and say, Jesus, I just love you. Jesus, I don't know why you even gave your life to save me. But it's not enough to just cry and show emotion. There must be action to your love for God. There must be action to what you say God means to you. We should see that God is your priority. We should see that the kingdom of God comes first before your own desires. We should see that you tremble at his word. But most of us, we do things and we don't even find out what is God's mind concerning this. You are married, you don't find out God's mind. You just do what you like. Amen? And you have an emotional attachment to the church and to God. But that means that any small wind that blows, you will change your mind. Just like how Opa, who had wept and kissed Naomi, changed her mind. Amen? But Ruth was seeking God. So you may all be in the same church. You may all seem to be on the same journey. You may all seem to have emotional attachment to the things of God. But when it comes to the nitty-gritty, the decisions that you make is what will decide whether the kingdom of God comes first. Amen. And they said, verse 10, they said unto her, surely we will return with thee unto thy people. You make promises. Surely we, we, the two of us, we will return with you to your people. And Naomi said, turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there yet any sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn against my, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, will you wait for them till they were grown? Will you stay for them from having husbands? No, my daughters. It grieves me much for your sake that the hand of the Lord is gone against me. Verse 14, and they, not only Ruth, they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Naomi had given them 55 reasons why I'm not the right person to follow. Amen? She said, go back to your mother's house. Go so that you will find husbands. Because as I'm going, I'm not going to have a child again. I've reached menopause. I am unable to bear. I'm not now going to have a child. So the, the odds of following me are not good. The prospects of following me are not good. It's the same way when we follow God. Sometimes the prospects look bleak. Sometimes it looks like it's not going to work logically. But we must follow God with our hearts and our convictions. And it is always going to cost you something if you are going to seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. I remember when my husband decided to come full time. He started the church as a student in the uh, medical school in Kolebu. And we were just five people in some small classroom in some obscure place. We had never done church before. We had never been taught anything about ministry. He just loved God and he wanted to serve God. But when he was done with his residency, then he told his dad that, Daddy, I think that God is calling me full time and I want to serve him. Now, my father-in-law didn't agree at all. And 
Even then, I understood them. Because if your son has graduated, he has become a doctor. You will not like, in those days, pastors, it wasn't a, 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 an attractive job. Nowadays, a lot of young women want to marry pastors. Because you see your end by looking at them. But in those days, it wasn't like that. And my father-in-law said, Adelaide, do you think my son should live off people's those days? They didn't call it offering. They called it collection. Do you think that my son should live off people's collection? Eh? When he's a doctor, but it didn't end there. We had a landline phone. Every 5 a.m., this man would call me. Every five, at a point, I used to take the uh, receiver off and put it. And when he calls, I say, hello, daddy. Hello, Adelaide. Have you thought about your future? And I'll say, so that you see, all these things he's doing, I'm not worried if it's just him. But you, you just married him. You don't even have a child. How are you going to look after your children in the future? You have to oppose him and let him know that this decision is not a wise decision. Everything depends on you. I didn't see what he was saying. Because I didn't even think about my future, what I would do. Hey. So he said to me, so what do you think? I said, Daddy, he says God has called him. He says that's his conviction. So I have to support him. Or they will say, hmm, I pity you. I really pity you. But that was the beginning of seeking first the kingdom of God. And there was nothing to show what the future held. Amen, somebody. Amen. There was nothing to show. You know, sometimes you say, oh, when I look at this person, I will see my end. You see, so now people are looking at the pastors of today. And when you say, oh, his car shines. So when I marry a pastor, I will also sit in a shiny car. But it has taken many years before that shiny car has come up. Amen? I remember my husband would take Trotro to Kolebu and then leave his car that his father has bought for him for me so that my children and I will follow. Amen? But there was no prospects. You couldn't tell what the future would hold. And I don't think I was any superwoman. But I think I just knew that I have to help him to obey God. Whether it will work well, it won't work well, I don't know. I have not seen a church before. I don't know how you start a church. But he says God has called him. I also believe that God has called him. So as it is, that's how it is. Amen! So like Ruth, there was nothing on the horizon to say that, oh, as you are following Naomi, you know, there's, 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 there's some prospect. There's, there's something to look forward to. And Naomi herself gave them a litany of reasons why you shouldn't follow me. If I have to give birth now, what will that be to you? He said, it grieves me that God's hand has, for your sake, that God's hand has gone against me. I don't know why things have worked out this way. I'm a loser. So if you follow me, you also be a loser. But what it was is that Naomi was a survivor. And when a survivor is leading you in the things of God, you will get to a good place. Because the person has survived many things. 
So it is not the person's trials that you use to judge the person. But the fact that in spite of the trials, the person is still standing. Amen. Why is it that in the book of Ruth, her following Naomi is equated to obedience to God? Because staying also meant that they were returning to their gods. Verse 15, which we read at the beginning. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. And unto her gods. So the physical step you are taking is taking you unto another god. Amen, somebody. It looked like, oh, Oprah is just returning. Oh, she's just returning to her mother's house. But some of the things actually means that you have found another God. And that other God can be your money. That other God can be your marriage. That other God can be whatever you are pursuing, your ambition. Amen? They are not wrong in themselves, but the positioning and the prioritization is important. And that's why God says, seek first the kingdom of God. So Ruth decided, no, I'm going to seek his kingdom first. It's true that Naomi has given all these reasons. It's true that there are no 55 reasons why it will work. I cannot see how it will work. But she said to Naomi, entreat me not to leave you. Please, don't tell me to leave you. And if it's a great thing to serve the Lord, the first step is that we are going to serve his desires and not our desires. We are going to serve his interest and not our interest. And that is going to lead us, whether we like it or not, to a place of sacrifice. Amen, somebody. And returning or taking certain steps is returning unto other gods. So we have to be careful about that. So Naomi and Ruth set out because Ruth has chosen to seek first the kingdom of God. And she says, entreat me not to leave you, verse 16, or to return from following after thee. These words we are speaking to God. Because for Ruth to go back was to return to the gods of the Moabites. And she's saying, God, don't let me leave you or return from following after you. Wherever you go, whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. How many people will say, where thou lodgest? So your one room, say, hey, look, space matters, okay? So as you are marrying me, this one room that we should come and share. Me, I don't believe in such things. I believe in people who are already established, okay? So to take me through all these things, where thou lodgest. Sometimes you go for crusades, as Bishop Francis, and the water you have to use to bath. And you too, you are a London girl used to London City. And you will even say, oh, it's God's kingdom. So it doesn't matter that we say, oh, did you see those worms? Yuck! Really? It was really whatever. But where God lodges, you will lodge. Amen, ladies. Sometimes you have to come and do something to do with the kingdom of God. And 
you may have to sleep overnight like when we have give thyself holy conferences you may have to sleep there sleep overnight do this and mm, me there's a limit to how much i can do these pastors they think they can just use you really the bible says looking unto jesus not looking unto any man looking unto jesus because he is the rewarder amen seeking the work or pursuing the work of the great provider and we will come to god's provision as well amen so ruth sought god first and decided not to go after other gods thy people shall be my people those getting married should know that when you marry the person's people become your people whether you like it or not amen so don't say oh our love we are the only ones in that cocoon nobody can enter us look you are marrying into a family people become your people amen so we have our own you know how we, we will build our our lives in a cloud and we'll just live there even the people who go to space they come back so how are you going to live in that cloud and not come back amen your people shall be my people and your god your god your god it's not a nursery rhyme and it's not an easy declaration to make amen somebody but this is a woman who is seeking first the kingdom of god god's people will become your people when you become a christian god's people become your people and look the kingdom of god the bible says that the kingdom of god is like a man who went to fish and he caught different types of fishes so in the church we have different types of fishes some people are red snapper some people are salmon and some fishes bite amen but they are god's people and you can't use that to say because of this i won't come again because of this i'm offended because of this you are not seeking first the kingdom if you want opportunity to be offended come into the ministry if you want opportunity to be offended come and serve god the opportunities are bound sometimes the foolishness is at another level phd amen i remember once look at that morning you know sometimes you get up you are going to church and everything but like you just want to be by yourself you know so i didn't feel like speaking and i was saying god as i'm going to church not in the mood of speaking and then we have what we call deep sea fishing as pastors so it's like we talk to people to find out oh is this your first time of being in the church and then we help you or we find out more about you and all that so when i was asking lord this morning i'm not in the mood for deep sea fishing so when i finished packing my car i got down then i said okay holy spirit i'll just obey you know it's a sacrifice so i went to the then bookshop and then i was mingling with the i met a young lady and i said oh hello have you been coming here for a while oh yeah this is about my fourth time so okay so where do you work she told me what do you do and i said oh since you've been coming four times should you join like a ministry so that you become more grounded in the things of 
when you get up now people should join things and be oh already remember i don't feel like talking i was i was so taken aback so i just went quiet i said eh. so i'm not prepared to join anything every time this, I say, eh. so i just apologized it came to pass a few weeks after Lady Pastor Diana Bishop Adi's wife came and said, Oh, mommy. They said, and then the Lord said to me, This woman here, Angano, it's not about you. She's frustrated about something. And then you just came in the line of fire and she has faced you. So this lady came and said, Oh, mommy, there's this lady I really want you to meet. I think that she needs to be ministered to by you. And what else? I said, Really? Okay. So she called the lady. Oh, please come. She opened my door. Please come in. It was this lady. Then <laughs> she came. She sat down. Then lady first sat down and said, Oh, okay, to make introduction. Please, this is a, uh, whatever I said. Yes, her name is this. Then lady first sat down and like, Oh, you know her already. And then the lady said, <laughs> This lady, you remember me? And I said, how can I forget you? How? I've said it to two people. I said, how? After this experience, I didn't add that by my head. How can I forget you? But as we started to talk, I realized that she had four children and she had an autistic child that she was struggling with and that she struggles with before she even brings to church. So that Sunday... I don't think it was about me. But it's like I'm already pressurized. And then you are also coming to tell me that. So then I spoke to her. She broke down. She was crying. And I said to her, oh, I have friends, doctors and things in America. And uh, they know about this situation. They even have resources. So I'll find a way to send it to you. And I'll whatever, whatever. But initially, I was offended. And when they brought her through my door, my normal self would have said look get up and go go to somebody else to receive ministry but when you are seeking first the kingdom of god god's desires god's interest they come before yours amen so don't let offense stop you from seeking first as for the offense a lot you have opportunity because the church is made up of imperfect people in fact, we were perfect when you joined, then we became imperfect. Amen. And every day, this one has hurt me. This one has you too. You have hurt people. You too, you have hurt people in the church. And you too, you have hurt the pastor. You or you think that as for pastors, our hearts are brass. If we were to list the offenses, you would say that it's okay. Amen. So we seek first the kingdom of God. And we put aside all offenses. Amen. Amen. Now Ruth comes with Naomi to Bethlehem. When she comes, she says, I want to go and glean corn in... No, she also said, where you die, I'll die. What type of commitment is that? Even in Ghana, people will be crying, I'll go with you. I'll go. They will not go with you. They are standing at the mouth of the, of the grave, but they will not go with you. 
It's just a, a, an emotional uh, commitment. But Ruth had moved all her roots. And she said, until death. And it wasn't even marriage. It was just commitment to God and to the things of God. Where you die, that's where I'm also going to die. It doesn't matter what I'm going to get. It doesn't matter how bleak it looks. It doesn't matter. If you are the one who carries the living God, and attachment to you, it's taking me higher in the things of God. I forget everything and I follow you with all my heart. How many women can see that we are like that? We are ruled by our emotions. We say Jesus is Lord, but our emotions are Lord. Jesus, he's not Lord. Your emotions. Are you coming to church today? Today is minus two. I'm feeling cozied up in my bed. Is it now I'm coming to whatever? Everything is about you. Everything is about your comfort. Everything is about what you will get. But tonight, we are going to pursue the work of the great provider so that he will be our provider. Amen. Ruth chapter 2. And we are running. Reading from verse 2. Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap, it looked like it just happened. Her hap means something that is like it just came about. You understand? It was coincidence according to what it looked like and her hap was to be in the field where Boaz was so she sent and when she gleaned in the field and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz who was of the clan of Elimelech beloved when you seek first God's kingdom he also becomes interested in you and when you are seeking his kingdom, he starts to direct your paths. It is those who serve that God directs their path. So it looked like something ordinary, like, oh, I want to go and work in this farm. And then when she went, of all the farms in Bethlehem, this was the farm that she found herself in. Because when you serve the Lord, he directs your path. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So she finds herself in the field of a very rich man. Unlike some of us who are always targeting rich men. Somebody said to me, when, when I'm going to marry Lady Reverend, I, I'm very particular about the name I will inherit. Oh. So if the name is not nice, I will not say yes to the person. I don't want any strange sounding name. <laughs> the flimsy things. Amen? So Ruth went to glean in this place. And when you look at Ruth chapter 2 verse 5, Boaz happens to come there. <laughs> and Boaz, who is her future husband? So when you are serving God, there is provision in the work. But when you are not doing any work, 
The provision cannot come in that way. It is inside the work that the provision comes. It is when Ruth went to glean in the farm, when she became productive, when she was doing something, that God was able to present, direct her path for Boaz to come into her life. Some of you, every day you are at this altar praying, Oh God, may the men see my makeup. Oh God, may they see my vital statistics. Oh God, may they turn when they see my eyelashes. Beloved, how about service? Service will end you up in the right place. And service is a privilege. Amen. So as she was there, then Boaz just came. And he said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? Just because you are in the field working, just because you are seeking God first, just because you left Moab and all the treasures, there are a lot of young women who are working there, if you read on the Bible. And the Boaz comes and says, Whose young woman is this? Is she taking? Is there somebody who is her beloved? Who's young? It seems like a, a harmless question. But it's because within the work, the great provider provides for you. Amen. Who's young woman is this? As you are going about God's work. But if you put the cart before the horse, you say, ah, Lady Reverend said, if I do the work, they will find me. And then it's not because of the work, but because of the find. Say, I should strategically position myself. So you are not in the choir. You say, I'm in prayer ministry. Nobody sees me. I have to come to the choir before they can see me. And then when I'm singing, I'll be doing this. Then the brother will be looking. Beloved, it's not by might. And it's not by power. But it's by the spirit of God. Amen, somebody. Whose young woman is this? Hmm. And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi. Who came back with Naomi? Not the young Moabite woman who has hip 44. Not the young Moabite woman who wears Brazilian hair. Not the young Moabite woman whose eyelashes are like from here to the back. Not the young Moabite woman who knows how to speak and how to walk. But the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi. What will speak for you? In the day that somebody asked, whose young lady is that? Whose child is that? Whose servant is that? What can they refer to? Can they refer to your acts of sacrifice? Can they refer to the fact that you sought God first? So the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi. Amen, somebody. What is your CV? When you seek first his kingdom, he provides you with a CV. And I'm coming to that. Please, when it's five minutes to time, give me a signal because I have this penchant of just going on. So please. I want to do the right thing. <laughs> Who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab? She said, 
Please let me glean and gather among the sheep after the river. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Some of us is the opposite long rest and short work in the house of God, in the things of God. Amen. But this woman has continued working except for a short rest. And you, you have continued resting. Except for small work. What will be your CV? Where you are not there. And common people, laborers, common people around have to testify of you in the things of God. What will go on your curriculum vita? Ask your friend. <laughs> Ask your neighbor. What will go on your CV in the day that you are asked? Whose young woman is this? Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen my daughter do not go to glean another field or leave this one but keep close to my young women that's why i said there were other young women keep close let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them have i not charged the young men not to touch you when you seek first his kingdom he also provides divine protection I have charged my young men not to touch you and stay close to the women. Amen. All this is found because this woman sought God first. When you serve the Lord, he gives you divine protection. Amen. And when you are thirsty, Provision of things that unbelievers search for. Provision of drink. Provision of food. Provision of all that you need in this life is already being given to Ruth because of her seeking God first. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. When you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men, somebody has labored for. What the young men have drawn, go and drink. I don't know you. I've never met you. But just the credentials that you left everything and followed God and came with Naomi. I've been told about it. And because of that, I'm giving you divine protection and I'm giving you provision. Amen, somebody. (laughs) Then Ruth says in verse 10, she fell on her face by the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes? Amen. When we seek first his kingdom, he gives us favor. Amen, somebody. Every day you come, Lord, oh, favor. I'm praying for favor. Why don't you try serving him? Because when you are serving him, favor will come upon you. And Ruth said that. Why? Why have I found grace in thine eyes? That thou shouldest take knowledge of me. Seeing I am a stranger. I don't deserve it. Things we don't deserve come to us. When we serve God. And then what does Boaz say? I have heard all about you. (laughs) This is message Bible. Heard about the way you treated your mother-in-law. Oh. Oh. 
character the fruits of the spirit the man is not related to you he has no business knowing about you but that act of serving god has gone before you to be your credential he said i've heard about you how you treated your mother-in-law some of us have to repent at this need <laughs> amen it's true that your mother-in-law is cantankerous but god says that seek first the kingdom of god amen hmm. after the death of her husband and how you left your father and mother and the land of your birth and have come to live among a bunch of total strangers god reward you well for what you have done and with a generous bonus besides from god to whom you have come seeking protection under his wings god reward you hebrews 11 verse 6 he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him when you seek him he's not a punisher when you seek him he doesn't throw you away when you seek him he will back you amen somebody and Boaz says may the Lord reward you amen in the same way beloved when you seek and pursue the work of the great provider God will reward you I remember my husband had gone to preach in Ukraine and then he came back and said because Ghana changed Ghana School of Medicine changed their medical school structure at the time and said that you had to do first year and then after first year you apply whether you should go to medical school but it wasn't like that in our time in our time you did your a level and if you passed you went so my husband went to preach in ukraine somebody invited him when he came back he said oh the pastor there is a doctor who went to school in that town and so our son can go there instead of this one year after that they are changing the course so anyway i took my son there and we had communicated with the pastor there so when i arrived the wife came we went to look for hostels where my son is going to stay whatever we saw some i wasn't so happy about so he said okay the next day we'll go and look again the next day i got ready with my son so that we would go then the pastor called me so mommy there's a lady in the church who said that she didn't know that bishop's son was coming here but that when he came she was so blessed with his ministration and she has a flat furnished and all and she wants to give it to your son free of charge my son was in that flat for a long time no bills meanwhile at that stage of our lives we had been saving okay so you can so hostel is this so this balancing doing this doing. little did we know that that serving of god that serving of god will save you money 
will save you money. Amen. God is a rewarder. He is not a punisher. Immerse yourself in his interest. Serve him with all your heart and see him show you his faithfulness. Amen. In fact, I think that many women, if they put themselves in God's work, it will be great therapy for you than for this therapy that has come. Amen. Some of you, if it were not your marital problems, you would not be sitting here humbly this evening like that. Because you were a very proud peacock. And you used to say, I mean, this type of churches, they are not my thing. This type of tongue speaking, they are not my thing. But God humbled you with a challenging marriage. And today you are here soberly saying, preach on Lady Reverend. Bless you, Lady Reverend. Amen. Sometimes we think that by focusing on our problems, we will get solutions. But rather, when you immerse yourself in God's work, you serve God and you serve others healing comes to you you see some of us have been saved from mental hospital because of the church if it were not the church you don't have any reason for anything even somebody said to me if it were not for the church i would not even have anywhere to wear a nice dress to oh amen so you have to value god's kingdom you have to value the things of god and you have to value the church that God has placed you in. Amen, somebody. So when we see God first, we have divine protection. We have provision. Our steps are ordered by God. We have rewards. And we find favor. This is just looking at somebody's life and showing you what God can do. Amen. Our labor in the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. Be ye steadfast, unmovable. Always abounding, not sometimes. Not when things are working. Not when things are not working. But always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing this, that your labor in the Lord... Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Ruth's labor was not in vain. She thought she was just following Naomi. What about Boaz said, I have heard how you treated your mother-in-law. How you left your father and your mother and your people and came to a people who were total strangers. What business has Boaz with Ruth's life? But God made Boaz take notice of that. That was God at work. Amen. No one saw what Ruth had done except God. The master key for having our, meet, our needs met is to meet God's needs. Ruth was invited to lunch by, by Boaz. When you look at verse 14, At the lunch break, Boaz said to her, Come over here, eat some bread, dip it in the wine. What did Jesus say? He said that after all these things do the Gentiles seek, but you 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The provision of even food, lunch, had come to her just because she was seeking God's kingdom first. Amen. The message Bible said, he said, at lunch break, you at lunch break your, your work, they don't give you anything. Even the sandwich they will not share with you. <laughs> she joined the harvesters. Boaz passed the roasted grain to her. When you seek first his kingdom, you sit with the great. Because it's God who lifts up. It's God who promotes. The Bible says promotion does not come from the east nor the west. It comes from God. Amen. <laughs> he passed the roasted grain to it to her she ate her fill and even had some left over beloved when we seek first his kingdom we will have some left over you are used to everything being measured and at the point but now god is bringing you to a place where you have some left over amen <laughs> Seeking the Lord is the key to great rewards. Ruth had been given special treatment. Amen. Amen. And God, if you work for him, it will never, ever be in vain. Thirdly, you will have prosperity. You have protection, you have favor, but you will also have prosperity. Amen. Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. Are we there? Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. But it starts with, that favor my righteous cause. Some of you, you are joining different courses. Rail strikes, teacher strikes, NHS strikes. The different course, political courses. But you must also follow the course of Christ. And God will then be happy and rejoice and take pleasure in prospering you. Amen. So Ruth begins to prosper. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 15, when she got back to go to when she got up to go back to work, Boaz ordered his servants, let her glean where there's still plenty of grain on the ground and make it easy for her. Better yet, Pull some of the good stuff out and leave it for her to glean. Give her special treatment. Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. When she threshed out what she had gathered, she ended up with nearly a full sack of barley. You are not an employee there. You just wanted to glean in the corners. Now the boss is feeding you. And after feeding you, he says that they should give you more. They should give you 
a special treatment. So you, that small work you came to do, you are taking almost a full sack of barley home. How did it happen? Seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. You shall serve and he shall bless. Exodus 23. 25 to 26. Exodus 23, 25 to 26. Exodus. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Amen. Sometimes we, we have health challenges. And we don't know what to do. We've gone to this doctor. We've gone here. We've gone here. But when we serve, he promises to bless our bread and our water. And to take sickness away from us. In Ruth chapter 4, Ruth did give birth. Ruth chapter 4 verse 13. She went to Boaz. Naomi gave her strategies. Verse 14. The town woman said to Naomi, Blessed be God. He didn't leave you without family to carry on your life. May this baby grow up to be famous in Israel. Verse 13 says, Boaz married Ruth. She became his wife. Boaz slept with her. I don't know why the Bible always adds that. But God's gracious gift she conceived and had a son. Amen. All these blessings from where? From serving. You shall serve. And he shall bless. And not only that, God makes you a blessing to others. He said to Abraham, in blessing, I will bless you. And you shall be a blessing. So when you serve God, when you follow after the things of God, you become a blessing. What happened? Ruth married Boaz. Boaz was the, the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. And David was the one on whose kingdom the Messiah came. One Moab that you left. One God that you served. One sacrifice that you made. One thing that you forgot about yourself. And you said, I'm going for him. I'm seeking him first. God, you are the center of my life. God takes care of all this. Pursue him. Pursue his work. Pursue your relationship with him, beloved. And he will add everything else unto you. Stand to your feet, please. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Talk to God. Some of you need a heart transplant so that your heart will be transplanted from the things of the world, from lukewarmness, from half-hearted service to a full service concentrated on him. A place where your priority is God. Your priority is his kingdom. Your priority is not your problems. Your priority is not your hang-ups. Your priority is Jesus. And as you seek first his kingdom, God will reach out to you. I don't know if you know, change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. 
Change my heart, oh God. Let this be your prayer this evening. Oh, may I be like you. May I have the singers to help me with any song that would flow. Change my heart, oh God. Just lift up your hands in surrender to him. The Bible says, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. So our hearts can be redirected. Our hearts can be shifted. So that we will seek first his kingdom. And everything else will be added. May I be like you. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh. Let this be a personal time. When you talk to God yourself. Say, Lord, give me the grace to love you first, to seek you first. Give me the grace so that my heart will be in the right place. Lord, I've been complaining. I've been grumbling. I've been half-hearted. But Lord, from the story of Ruth this evening, I turn things around. Talk to him. Speak to God. Don't just stand there like that. Talk to him one on one. Tell him what you want him to do. My heart, oh God. May I be like you. I'm coming back to God. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for things I've made. It's all about you. Take away every chaff, everything in our hands that's not of Him. I'm coming back to heart of worship. and every head bowed you've been playing games with God this evening God is reaching out to you you are here you want to say lady reverend I want to be serious with God I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die lady reverend I don't know Jesus but tonight I want to start a new journey a new life in Jesus Christ Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want to make it right with God. If you are here, I'd like that here this evening. Lift up your hands high above your shoulder. Wherever you may be. Forget about who is on your left. Forget about who is on your right. I want to pray for you. Give me the privilege of leading you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are like that here. Let your hand go high up above your shoulder so that I can see it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. And for those of us who are here, who profess to know God, as I said, you need a heart transplant. I want you to just lift up your hands and I want to pray for you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for your people. Deliver us from the deceitfulness of riches. Deliver us from the love for other things other than you. Deliver us from the lust for other things. Lord, give us a, a pure heart. Purify our hearts and our minds. Some of us have grown weary because of offense. Some of us have grown weary because of different experiences. But Lord, tonight we are coming back to you. Let there be healing. Let there be restoration. Let there be a new beginning. In the name of Jesus, touch every vessel. Lord, put our hearts in our right place. Help us to pursue your work so that you will show yourself as Jehovah, our great provider. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.